Hi, and welcome to Influencer Marketing Talks, a podcast brought to you by Cure Media. This is your weekly podcast to learn more about influencer marketing and social media in only 15 minutes. I'm Frida Ekholm, and in today's episode, we're going to talk about social media marketing tactics. Today, when a social media presence is a need-to-have rather than a nice-to-have, many marketers consider social media to be the most valuable channel to reach their audience. With that being said, there are so many social media tactics to consider and ways to work with your social media presence as a brand today. So in today's episode, I'm going to talk to Emily Sun, campaign manager at Cure Media, about what different social media tactics there are out there. Hi, Emily, and welcome to the podcast. Hi, Frida. Thanks so much for having me. So fun having you here today. So to begin with, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do here at Cure Media? Yes, absolutely. So I'm an Aussie living in London, and I work as campaign manager for the UK market at Cure Media. I'm part of our lovely operations team, so I help Cure and our clients work in the UK market by running influencer activations here. So fun. And in today's episode, uh, we're going to talk about the different social media marketing tactics. So yeah, let's get to it. Why is it important for brands to have a social media strategy today, Emily? Mm, Well... Back in 2011, people spent an average of one and a half hours on social media. And now 10 years on, people spend an average of 3.26 hours on social media. That's a huge increase of 128%. And it also means that if you want to meet today's consumer where they're spending their time, you definitely need to be leveraging your social media channels. Yeah, that's a huge increase. And especially if you think how many waking hours we actually have in one day. (laughs) Totally. But at the end of the day, this isn't all that surprising because social media has become the platform where we reach out and connect with other people. It's where we fulfill our innate need to build relationships, trust, and it's the prime place for brands to be when the people in those relationships are ready to explore, look for, or purchase new products and services. Yeah, that's very true. Uh, actually, I I saw some research uh, that we trust peer-to-peer recommendations over brand-to-peer recommendations, which is no surprise as yeah, people trust people uh, more than brands today. Yeah, it's just our human nature, isn't it? Yeah. So let's start with the basics, moving on to the social media marketing tactics. Uh, Can you explain to us what is a social media marketing tactic? Well, there are so many social media tools and technologies out there for us marketers and brands to use to find and connect with consumers and prospects. So I'd say a social media tactic is a strategy that you devise to use all of these tools effectively and make them work for you. And there's two main social media marketing tactics, and these can fall under paid and organic. Okay, so today we're going to walk the listeners through uh, the paid and organic social media tactics. So can you briefly tell us about uh, the difference between those two? 
Mm, so there are two main classes of social media tactics and for the large part, you can group them under either organic or paid media. So let's touch on organic first. And this encompasses everything that uses non-paid for social media tools to share content and stories between users, brands, and companies. So essentially, it's like the shopping window or high street for today's online stores. So as, as a fashion brand today, it's definitely important to have an organic social media presence because there's no longer uh, the store location that's the place to be, uh, but you need to have a presence on social media today. Yes, definitely. I think it's a really great way for brands to outline who they are and what they're about. And it's good for establishing your voice and building relationships with an audience that's already loyal to you. And within this um, organic social tactics, you can include BGC, which is brand-generated content. Then you have brand-owned channels and even IGC or UGC. And what about paid social? Uh, what, what is it and what's in it for brands? Yeah, so paid social, on the other hand, is everything you would put dollars behind it's a way for brands to promote their content through a variety of different paid approaches. And the ones known to us um, that we generally work with, uh, these can come under sponsored posts, display ads, retargeting, and so on. So this is a gateway to expand your reach and awareness or win more earned media. And it's also really pretty handy for brands um, in generating and engaging leads as these days users become more comfortable with the idea of buying direct from their feeds. Yeah, it's very convenient to just tap mm -hmm. that buy button and then get it uh, delivered to your, uh, to your doorstep. Yeah, I can say I'm pretty guilty of that myself. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> so how does the paid and organic uh, tactics complement each other and uh, why do you think brands should have both of them? Mm, so... I think paid and organic social definitely work best in tandem, and this is for a number of reasons. Um, the strong suit of organic is its ability to build relationships and connections with audiences at scale. And the benefit of paid is its ability to reach larger untouched audiences, reach more targeted customers, and drive leads and conversions. So can you give us an example of this? Mm, yeah. So uh, where algorithms today, like on Instagram and Facebooks, are essentially handicapping brands and reducing the amount of followers who see their organic posts, paid social can step in to help boost your reach and connect you with new customers and followers. So brands that are leveraging a strategy where organic and paid can complement each other, they get the best of both worlds because they're pleasing their existing audience all the while reaching more eyeballs with paid. Yeah, definitely. So let's start with, uh, now we touched, up, uh, touched upon the organic and the paid social media tactics. So let's move on to what's underneath those tactics and start with the, the organic. So what are the different organic tactics that brands can work with today? 
Yeah, so let's break this down. So brands can work with their own channels, their own brand-owned channels. Um, they can also work in an organic way by organically resharing influencer or user-generated content. And they can also work with affiliate marketing. Great overview. Um, let's take a deep dive into uh, the brand's own channels. So why do you think fashion brands need to communicate uh, through their own channels today? Mm, well, uh, generally speaking, people that are following brands, they already have some level of interest or purchase intent or history or loyalty to the brand. And this channel is key to building a community. It's a space where brands can listen to their audience They can be transparent and they can also interact with their customers at every stage of the customer journey. So it's really important for brands to work with this channel to establish their identity, to share inspiring content and to build trust. And um, this last part, this building of trust, is super important because when brands build trust, consumers reward them. These consumers are more likely to buy your brand first. They're more likely to stay loyal. They're more likely to ad advocate for and defend your brand as well. So what more could you want? Yeah, that's so interesting because we talked a bit about this uh, in our recent webinar about the millennial uh, audience, especially, and uh, they are not very brand loyal. So many brands uh, really need to build up this Uh, loyalty uh, towards them yes for sure yeah so moving on talking about uh, organically resharing influencer or user generated content um, how does influencer marketing fit into an organic social media tactic if a brand is working with influencer marketing as part of the media mix they'll have access to bounds of influencer generated content that is reliably on brand relatable and engaging. So brands can organically reshare these assets on their socials, which really helps with diversifying content and shaking things up from the status quo, especially if they're just posting a steady drumbeat of brand-generated content. So as we discussed earlier, brands can even amplify or recycle this content by using it on their paid social channels too. So in this way, uh, fashion brands can incorporate influencer content into their social strategy uh, in both their organic and paid channels. Is that right? Yes. Um, actually, at Cura, we've seen this to be extremely effective. And some of the most successful fashion brands work this way. And they do this by running a multi-layered campaign approach with a brand awareness campaign that's been optimized on brand recognition across their paid social with brand content, and then also having influencer collaborations with IGC ads on paid social. So this is particularly effective with companies who are trying to reach Gen Z or millennials because, like you and me, they respond to a peer recommendation such as through an influencer ad much more than direct from the brand. That's so interesting. Speaking of millennials and Gen Z, uh, this is a generation we get a lot of questions uh, about how they behave on social media and what, uh, what they uh, are influenced by. 
So this takes us to the next uh, question. How can brands benefit from working with influencer marketing? And how do millennials and uh, Gen Z respond to influencers on social media? Yes, I mean, I'm not surprised we get so many questions about working with millennials and Gen Z. Um, these generations are between, well, millennials are between 25 and 40 this year. And actually, they make a make up a quarter of the world population. So as you could probably guess, um, these generations are super relevant for brands that are online and on socials because they spend the most time on their phones and they're the most proliferate social media users. And these groups in particular have a higher trust in influencers than in brands. And they respond better to authentic content and voices. And this means that influencer channels are well-placed for building awareness, strengthening brand love, driving traffic and generating sales. Yeah, so again, this speaks to how much we value peer-to-peer recommendations today. Uh, and I actually read the other day that uh, reliability really trumps popularity with this group. So 63% of these generations trust influencers uh, or what influencers say about brands much more than what brands say about themselves. Yes, absolutely. These days, influencer voices are quickly acquiring and retaining credibility across almost all online demographics. And brands benefit as influencers are effectively driving peer-to-peer sentiment, traffic, sales and building brand awareness preference and affinity through their content so all the good stuff (laughs) all the good stuff (laughs) so moving on to affiliate um if we look further down the funnel we uh, find uh, this social media tactic Uh, but how does affiliate marketing work so affiliate marketing is a type of performance-based marketing It's when someone posts about a product they like on social media and earns a commission for the sales that they drive for the brand. These sales are tracked via affiliate platforms such as RStyleMe and Shopify um, that these brands work with. And an influencer working with affiliate links can work with multiple networks simultaneously. And this makes it one of the most convenient ways for creators and influencers to generate income. Yeah, that's interesting. And I think many of us have seen those uh, in the influencer content, like uh, add link here, uh, swipe Mm. up. How can brands benefit from affiliate marketing? And what is important to have in mind when uh, working with this uh, social media marketing tactic? Well, I think brands generally see this as a very cost-efficient way to reach and convert your audience on social media. So um, what brands should keep in mind is that you have low control over who is going to post what and which audience you'll be exposed to. There's no review process as you would have when you're working with influencers. So this can often yield inconsistent results, especially if your affiliates are promoting to the wrong demographics. And since it's so sales focused, you probably want to combine this tactic with one that's also driving brand awareness and brand love as well. Yes, so that was the organic social media uh, marketing tactics. Uh, And now we're heading towards uh, the paid tactics. 
So Emily, what's the most common paid tactic in social media? Yeah, well, definitely one of the most common tactics is putting paid spend behind brand generated content. So this is basically all digital ads where you use BGC. And working in this way, you have strong targeting capabilities, and this is a very agile way to work. Yeah, so it's interesting with this brand-generated content. Uh, can you tell us more about uh, paid ads with uh, BGC? Uh, what is it? Yep, so paid ads when executed by brands is a way for them to promote their content through a variety of paid channels. Um, whether it's sponsored posts, display ads, ad placements, or pop-ups. And some pros would be that it's a great way to generate and engage leads, um, amplify your brand reach and awareness, and it can also help you win more earned media. Okay. So what are the, you mentioned uh, some of the pros, uh, mm-hmm. but what are, what are the pros and cons for brand to work with this, uh, this tactic? Yep. So um, as we mentioned, these options are typically low cost for brands and makes them very accessible and appealing. Um, They also have strong targeting capabilities and are more agile in adapting to rapid feature changes and developments on platforms. So um, cons-wise, generating ongoing custom brand content can be time and labor intensive and you have to think that you need lots of resources to affect a paid ad strategy in the long term. Yeah, so we have brand-generated content, but we also have influencer-generated content. Um, And we touched a bit uh, upon this before, um, influencer content as an organic social media tactic. But this content can also be used for paid ads. Can you tell us how that works? So to go into further detail than what we've already touched on, when you collaborate with the right influencers, you have this opportunity to build a content creating machine that churns out new content and assets on the reg. And this allows you to reach new and existing audiences in relevant markets. So brands that amplify this influencer content and these assets in their paid media, boost their visibility and engagement, and they get more ROI than working with IGC alone. But uh, I know that this setup works best if you have an always-on approach, right? Yeah, we think so. So if you have an always-on approach to influencer marketing, as we recommend, you'll get this new custom IGC created consistently throughout your marketing calendar. Um, So not only will you have many good spillover effects from your collaborations with the influencers on their channels, you get this spillover for your social media marketing too. And that's why it's a growing trend to recycle this content and have influencers appear in your paid strategy as well especially since consumers are more likely to interact with ads that feature someone they recognize and trust. This sounds like the holy grail of marketing on social media. Yeah, definitely. I mean, if you achieve this holy, let's call it a holy trinity of influencer content with brand fit, with paid ad spend, that's a win for sure. But of course, it demands a high level of trust between the influencer and the brand. 
and you need a very good brand fit between the two to nurture a relationship and this definitely takes time and budget as well. Yeah, you would know that works with this kind of, um, yeah, looking at data and brand fit between influencers and brands. Mm, Definitely. So let's chat about dark posting, which is another way to use either brand or influencer generated content. Um, So can you tell us a bit, uh, what is dark posting? So when brands are using dark posts, They're posting with targeted ads that are essentially unpublished page posts. So these won't appear on their own pages or on influencer pages, but they do appear as sponsored content in the feeds of the audiences that are targeted. And how can brands benefit from this tactic of dark posting? Well, there's a high level of precision in targeting when you work this way. And this can help brands to increase their reach both with existing users and with lookalike audiences. Um, And brands can customise and create ads for each targeted audience and sort of sit back and be comfortable that they are reaching exactly the users that they're intending to reach. And the only thing is that this can be quite time-consuming And if you're running with influencer-generated content, again, this can usually only be used when there's a good relationship between the brand and the influencer. Yeah, good point. And how does dark posting work uh, when marketing to Gen Z and millennials? Well, we both know and we've discussed how special this group are. Um, They're the first generation of digital natives. So much of these generations are ad-weary They're more attuned to targeted advertising. They use ad blockers much more than previous generations. So dark posting can be a really good tactic to consider here because they let brands reach people's feeds with highly targeted content and they can do this while keeping their pages clean and still maintaining a consistent brand voice and presence. Yeah, that's a great way. And uh, let's move on to retargeting, which is a a paid social media marketing tactic. And if you ever viewed or placed an item in your basket when uh, online shopping, which I think all of us have, (laughs) and then walked away, uh, you've probably seen that this brand and those items that you put in the basket uh, appears on social media afterwards. Uh, And this is also what's called uh, retargeting. Uh, Emily, can you tell us uh, more about uh, this tactic? Yeah, so those abandoned cart emails definitely haunt me all the time as well. (laughs) um, So retargeting is a tactic that allows brands and companies to reach potential customers who didn't convert right away. So retargeting helps keep your brand top of mind and they do this by reminding and re-engaging with customers on different channels and at different touch points after they've browsed your site or perhaps added something to their cart. Yeah. And how can brands benefit from uh, retargeting? Well, since these consumers have previously visited your site, this method is uh, often very effective in driving sales and increasing your conversion rates. So as part of the customer journey, retargeting plays an important part because these visitors are already familiar with your brand or product 
or service and they're more likely to convert. So an important tactic. Tried and tested for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, we're coming to an end for this episode. Uh, thank you, Emily, for chatting with me about social media marketing tactics today. Thank you so much for having me, Frida. It's been a pleasure. And if the listeners want to connect with you, uh, where can they find you? Well, I'm definitely on LinkedIn. So Emily Sun on LinkedIn. And you can find me under the QR Media page too. Great. So this takes us to the end of another episode of Influencer Marketing Talks. Make sure you follow us on our social media platforms at Cure Media to continue the conversation there. Also, if you like the podcast, give us a rating in Apple Podcasts or in your favorite podcasting app.